Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Every Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with the last day's prophecies right from the Bible. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It's our hope that these Bible prophecy updates that we share with you will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Today we want to remind you how truly important these prophecy updates are. Did you know that these prophecy updates are being translated into Japanese? In fact, today you'll hear an amazing story of how God used a prophecy update just like this one to actually bring a lost soul into the kingdom of God. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's prophecy update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly prophecy update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's prophecy update as shared on July 1st, 2018. I want to draw your attention to a prophecy in the Bible. Most will be familiar with it. It was written over 2,500 years ago. And I will argue that we are seeing this specific prophecy beginning to come to pass exactly and precisely as we were told it would. It's Zechariah chapter 12. I want to read verses 1 through 3. The burden of the word of the Lord against Israel. Another translation renders it a prophecy concerning Israel. Thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. Please hear me out, and you'll forgive me for saying this, but Bible prophecy does not center on America. Nobody's saying amen on that, so we'll just leave it at that. How's that? I realize there are those who would disagree, but let's agree to disagree agreeably America is not in Bible prophecy. You can try to force America into the text and say, well, that's referring to the United States of America, but let's be honest. Something is going to happen to the once most powerful nation on earth to explain her conspicuous absence from the pages of Bible prophecy. And by the way, so we're clear The United States of America is not at the center. Jerusalem is. I never forget many years ago when I was in Russia, I was teaching at the uh, Bible college there in Moscow, and the students 
uh, took me uh, to this map on the wall. And they, they, they said, look at this map. Do you see anything different about it? And I'm, I'm looking at the map, you know, just, <laughs> you know, I'm, it's like a map of the world. They said, well, what do you notice about it? And finally, one of the students wanting to help the teacher out <laughs> said, uh, notice what's at the center of the map. Maybe better said, what's not at the center of the map? Because, you know, at the center of our maps is America. America was not the center of this map in Moscow, Russia. Russia was. I say that to say this. God has a map too. You know what's at the center of his map? Thank you. Does that mean God doesn't love America? God hasn't blessed America? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is it's not centered on America. What's happening in America, even to America, is important. But one need look no further than to Jerusalem, the city which God chose out of all of the cities, of all of the tribes, of all of Israel, to literally put His name on. Jerusalem. Look to Jerusalem, and you'll understand the lateness and the urgency of the hour. I want to draw your attention to important developments concerning Jerusalem that took place in meetings this last week. And I want to start with this Jerusalem Post report about Jordan's King Abdullah, meeting with President Trump at the White House on Monday. In the meeting, he stressed, Abdullah, that East Jerusalem must be the capital of a future independent Palestinian state. Speaking with the president days after hosting his top aides, speaking of Kushner and Greenblatt in Amman, Jordan, for talks, on the administration's upcoming Middle East peace plan, Abdullah told Trump that a traditional framework for a two-state solution remains a, quote, foremost priority for Jordanians. Discussing the peace process, His Majesty stressed that the two-state solution, which guarantees the establishment of an independent Palestinian state on, get this, Palestinian national soil, with East Jerusalem as its capital, is the only way to end the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, and it is the cornerstone of achieving security and stability, security and stability in the entire region. Let me just go on record. Perhaps it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's no such thing as a Palestinian. I grew up believing, being told that I was a Palestinian, only to find out that after I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, there's no such thing as a Palestinian. I'm an Arab, but there's no such thing as a Palestinian. And, by the way, (laughs) there's no such thing as Palestinian soil. Oh yeah, but I thought it was called the land of Palestine. Yeah, you, you know why? In the second century AD, when Jerusalem, Jerusalem was conquered, they named Jerusalem 
after the city uh, and the name of the arch enemy of the Jews, the Philistines. Philistia, translated Palestine, Philistine, Palestinian. There's no Palestinian land. This is why it drives me absolutely crazy, and I didn't want to go there, but I just did. It drives me absolutely crazy when I hear Bible teachers, good Bible teachers, refer to the land of Israel as Palestine. And it just, it, it, ah, okay, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to get my blood pressure back up. On the same day, Al-Arabiya published a report about the kingdom of Saudi Arabia affirming their adherence to peace based on the two-state solution. The kingdom also emphasized that the Arab Peace Initiative is a, quote, strategic option to find a comprehensive and just solution to the Palestinian issue and end the Arab-Israeli conflict. This came in the kingdom's speech on Monday before the UN Security Council session in the open debate delivered by the Deputy Permanent Representative of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to the United Nations, Dr. Khalid Menzlawi, who said, and I quote, the Palestinian people have suffered a long period of unjust occupation, oppressive and racist policies of oppression and illegal settlement incursions adding that Saudi Arabia, this is Saudi Arabia, is still in solidarity with the Palestinian cause. Please know, and again, maybe it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, that this two-state solution is Hitler's final solution repackaged and reinvented. What was Hitler's final solution? The elimination, the extermination, the termination of all of the Jews. And that is exactly what the Palestinians, so-called, want to do. They don't want peace with Israel. They want the destruction of Israel. That's what this two-state solution is all about. Well, did you hear about this on Wednesday? This is interesting. Prince William, who knew? It's being dubbed a historic royal visit to the region. However, according to the Times of Israel, Prince William is said to have refused to meet with Mer Barakat in Jerusalem. Apparently, a meeting by the prince with the mayor in Jerusalem would have implied an unacceptable degree of British recognition of Israeli rights in the city. Barkat refused the offer and conveyed the message that if they could not meet in Jerusalem, he would rather they not meet at all. Good for him. Barkat's aides were quoted as saying that the unprecedented royal visit to Israel is important and appropriate, but that Israel has only one capital, the united Jerusalem, and that he refused to meet the prince elsewhere out of respect for Jerusalem. In a statement, the British Foreign Office 
did not comment directly on the prince's words. Did you hear about what he said? Oh, uh, let me quote Prince William in a statement he made to Mahmoud Abbas. He said, I'm glad our two countries, Britain and Palestine, our two countries work so closely together. But said, the UK government supports the creation of a sovereign, independent, and viable Palestinian state, listen, living in peace and security side by side with Israel. It added, listen very carefully, the UK will recognize a Palestinian state at a time when it can best help to bring about peace. It's this last statement by the UK government suggesting that living in peace and security and the recognition of a Palestinian state at a time to best help bring about peace? Well, I would submit that that time is now. And I say that because, and doubtless you've heard it said, and you see it there on the screen, that Israel is God's prophetic clock. Well, I'm going to take it further and say that Israel is the minute hand, but Jerusalem is the second hand on that clock. Again, you look at Jerusalem. Everything centers on Jerusalem, as one has called it. It's the epicenter, the epicenter. You want to know what time it is on God's prophetic clock? You want to see where we're at on God's map? Look at Jerusalem. And all of a sudden now, exactly as Zechariah 2,500 plus years ago said and prophesied, it is happening. If it is now, and I believe it is, then I think it would be virtually impossible to overstate the importance of the implications. In other words, if that time is now, then it's now time to get serious about the things of God. Will you just give me a a couple few more minutes here? I want to read Romans 13, verses 11 through 14. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Rome, and he says, Do this, understanding the present time, knowing what time it is on that clock. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Why? Because our salvation is nearer now, keyword now, than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness 
and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. May I remind you, May I humbly remind you, this is to Christians. In other words, he wrote this to Christians, telling them that they're sleeping. And it's time to wake up. It's time to get dressed. Put on Jesus Christ and put off those things that have managed to take up residence in your Christian life that have no business belonging there. Our salvation draws nearer. Now. Now is the time. Have you seen what time it is? You know, my uh, alarm clock went off this morning, and usually I get up before it went off, goes off, but that didn't happen this morning. And I mean, I was in a deep REM sleep I mean, you know those those dreams where your pillow is chasing you, and you think it's a marshmallow, and you eat it, and then you wake up chewing on your pillow. I'm, you know, you get the idea, right? I mean, you're in a deep sleep, right? That alarm went off, and it really jarred me, and it really woke me up. And I got up. The hour had come. Oh, believe you me, I wanted to hit that snooze alarm so bad. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to church today. I have to go. I'm the pastor. I have to go to church today. <laughs> See, you could do that, right? You can hit that, that snooze button. That's all right. Yeah. God forgives you. We, we, and you know who you are. God's a forgiving God. But when it comes to this, There's too much at stake. And again, this is the wake-up call for believers, but there's also another wake-up call for those who are not believers. And that's a wake-up call because the alarm is sounding and Jesus is coming. And that's the gospel, by the way. The Apostle Paul writing to the Romans and the Corinthians and the Thessalonians defines the gospel as Jesus Christ being crucified, buried, raising again from the dead three days later, and that he's coming back. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Jesus died, was buried, rose again, and he's coming back. And that is good news, isn't it? That's the gospel. This is why we present the gospel at the conclusion of our weekly updates. And in so doing, we give those who have never called upon the name of the Lord to be saved an opportunity to do so by way of the ABCs of salvation. If you'll give me two more minutes, I want to first share with you a tweet from uh, an Angela Fuyuko from Japan. She uh, posted it on Twitter and tagged me uh, on Twitter. And I, I just share it with you because 
I want to encourage you and let you know that people all over the world, the uttermost parts of the earth, are getting saved. And pictured here is a tweet from her from Japan. She posted a picture of the ABCs of Salvation with the Japanese translation. There's actually a ministry in Japan that translates the prophecy updates into Japanese. And we have many online uh, brothers and sisters in Christ there in Japan. And so we just want to give you a shout out, but I want to share with you what she tweeted. She says, I am saved through simple teaching of ABC salvation by my pastor, JD. Oh, oh I'm her pastor <laughs> in Japan, in Japan. So there, how's that one? I want to share with you the ABCs of salvation. The A is for admit that you're a sinner. Acknowledge your sin and your need for the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. We actually talked about that on Thursday night in the Psalms, which Paul quotes here in Romans. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. That's the death penalty. But, and here's the good news, the gift of God, because he paid for it in full, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The B is for believing your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord, or if you prefer, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is what Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And Romans 10.13 lastly says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I say this every week. I'll say it again this week. Jesus is coming. And if you're not born again of the Spirit of God, you will be left behind. And you will go through the seven-year tribulation. Perhaps you've heard it said, well, I'll give my life to Christ during the seven-year tribulation. Okay. But I have a question for you. What makes you so sure that if you couldn't live for Christ before the seven-year tribulation, that you'd be willing to die for Christ in the seven-year tribulation? Guess what's going to happen? Is it possible? Oh, sure, it's possible. But why would you want to do that? Why would you want to put off the most important decision you'll ever make in your life for eternal life? 
Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.